0: But as promised, Susie Walsh, who is an expert in dog behavioralist and trainer, has joined me in studio this morning. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I mean, this is really a selfish thing that I'm doing, to be quite honest, because I have a rescue dog. And uh, I actually saw, Susie, do you know this as well? I saw a clip on Instagram and people are making fun of people going, well, she's a rescue. They're a rescue and bragging about them being a rescue. But it is the important thing to do, isn't it? It is
1: important. It's Yeah. It's You've changed her life. You've changed her world. You know, yeah. the opportunity to come and live in a lovely home like yours is just phenomenal and we have a big crisis here in Ireland at the moment yeah
0: yeah we do we do so we uh, ask people on Instagram and on Twitter and WhatsApp everywhere for questions but will you tell us just first a little bit about your own background
1: well, I was indulged by my parents who let me decide to work with animals and I got to do what I wanted from the get-go. I've never done anything else but work with dogs, so I feel very, very fortunate and privileged. And when I was
0: reading about your degree, applied animal welfare and behavior, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah,
1: you had to go to Edinburgh. Right. Yeah, right. yeah it's and it's a bit more scope here now to do things like that here. It's a much bigger industry. When I started out, there was people didn't really know what a behaviorist was really. Yeah.
0: And was it a, like a long degree?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I was in six years.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and, you know, can I, before we get into the specific questions, when people are thinking about getting a dog, and this is something that we did think about for two years before we actually did it. What are some of the actual basics? Like, just really ask yourself these questions before you commit to them.
1: The big thing I get is that people think their lifestyle is pretty high energy and they think because they walk five, six kilometres a day that actually they need a high energy dog. And generally speaking, that's actually on the low energy scale of dogs. So I find a lot of people will get a high energy or working breed of dog and you have to mentally stimulate them and you have to exercise and you have to be able to do both of those things. So if it's really nice and everyone goes, oh, I love having a smart dog. That's wonderful. But you have to do something with those smarts. So you have to be able to entertain that dog. You have to be able to exercise the dog and fulfill those dogs needs. So it's really important that you get, a, you know, a dog that's appropriate for your home. And there's so many professional people that are highly qualified to give you help and advice mm-hmm. on how to do that you know your vet even you're a local groomer myself I'll do phone calls with people that's not a problem and guide them in the right direction after that it's getting the dog from a right source so mm-hmm. a big problem here with obviously puppy farms or people that are backyard breeders that don't really know what they're doing and you know and even some of the rescues maybe are overwhelmed and they don't get enough time to do things like with small puppies that they need to do mm-hmm. you know puppies need to be handled from three or four days old they need to have exposure they need to have mental stimulation in order to cope in a human world. And when that doesn't happen, then you get problems and those problems are, can be sometimes very difficult to oh, treat. definitely.
0: So we've done a lot of reading and a lot of research as well um, before we got her and I actually felt like it was a bigger deal than having a baby, if I'm <laughs> honest with you. I'm like, I didn't read that much for Joan. Oh my God, she seems okay. So there is a lot to consider. Um, some of the specific questions that came in though, and we're kind of doubling them up or tripling them yeah. up because a lot of people ask similar things, is, and I suppose the first one is about separation anxiety. So once you do get your dog and you commit to the animal that suits you and your family and your household and one in particular was saying we know our dog barks nonstop, stop and we're not in the house so that is part of I suppose separation anxiety and how people could cope with that.
1: Yeah so that's a difficult one that's one of the hardest ones to treat because you're absent when you need to be training your dog you're not actually present when the dog is having mm-hmm. the behaviour problem so that can be really difficult for a lot of people and a huge population of dogs do suffer from anxiety because we've bred them domesticated animals to yeah. want to be around us all the time but if you take it back to basics isolation anxiety or separation anxieties. the dog the animal's fear is that you're not coming back. Mm -hmm. So dogs wake up in the morning like Betty wakes up in the morning going how can I make Betty's day the best day it can possibly be (laughs) and that is her concern at that moment in time and she feels very vulnerable. I'll often tell people if you lose your cat often your cat will come do very well. You very rarely get emaciated cats necessarily unless they've been locked up in rescue. You get that with dogs a lot because they really are dependent on us for everything. Mm -hmm. So they're very vulnerable when they're left on their own and then the dog gets stressed and confused. And the problem is even when you return and the dog is barking the dog's not learning anything. They're not learning that barking makes you return but they're in panic mode and when you're in panic mode fight or flight mode. You just keep repeating. You just just don't know what to do and you're not learning from that experience so you have to take it down your dog has to be comfortable with you outside of room in your home before you can leave your dog mm-hmm. and that's the difficulty for people because often you can't leave your dog until they're ready to do so and a huge amount of dogs actually need medical intervention when it comes to separation anxiety anxiety really? yeah yeah in order to help them cope okay. just like you know if i want we, we find it difficult there's very few people with separation anxiety most of us go yeah i'm on my own
0: i have that I with can't. my husband but I need to continue <laughs>
1: yeah. but uh, it's, it's kind of equivalent to say a fear of flying yeah so, yeah it, it can be really hard and if i train you on a one day, you're not ready to go on a flight to Australia on a Tuesday. Yeah, you know you have to build it up and you have to be ready to do that. You have to get. So what should people the do plane. then? So you have to get ready ready with your dog with very short absences. It has okay. to be in a space where they're already comfortable sleeping. So a, a big problem I see is a lot of people have their dogs in their bedroom with them, which I love, but then they're trying to leave them in the kitchen when they go. Okay, And the dog is not used to sleeping there or relaxing there. And the difficulty with that is the dog goes, well, well I can't chill out here. It'd be mm-hmm. like me putting you in your bathroom to go for a nap. You yeah. Know, it's, t- it's totally unrelated. So the dog has to be really comfortable in the space they're going to be and They have to get used to you coming and going for so short, go for short times. Yeah. Okay. There's different ways that you can do it. Mainly it needs to be the dog needs to be relaxed when they see you leave the room and come back, yeah. leave the room and come back. Okay, you know, some dogs do better with another dog's companionship or even a cat. Yeah, and then some dogs just really need to be okay. with the, with their people.
0: Okay, so it's probably a good idea to have a, maybe two places in the house that they're very comfortable. Yeah, with. yeah, Three, okay. yeah,
1: or even a mobile bed that they're. Or, okay, you know, some dogs do well with a crate. Some don't. You okay, know, depending on the dog.
0: And so another one that came in quite a bit is I uh, have one person in particular as a cockapoo. who's become very aggressive. Used to love other dogs, but now goes crazy. Barking and snarling.
1: I love this question. Is Betty going to do that? No. Okay. Hopefully not. (laughs) The reason being is if your dog, you've got your dog to age three, and your dog before that for the first two years of their life, have been happily playing with other dogs, Mm -hmm. happily interacting with people. And that suddenly changes or changes changes over a quick period of time. You don't have a behaviour problem. You have a medical problem. Really? Yeah. So there's a study done by wonderful Daniel Mills, who's a veterinary behaviourist, who's um, phenomenal. And he did a study about aggression in dogs. And 82% of cases of dog aggression or dog reactivity are equated to undiagnosed pain and discomfort. So that's a very, very high statistic. So I would be looking at that dog for hip problems, knee problems, gastro problems, uh, you know, if they've an upset stomach and I'd be going down that route before you do any behavioural training. Now you can't improve that dog's behavior but you'll only get so far with behavior modification if your dog has an underlying health issue and
0: because they can't tell us that's the thing they can't tell us they're very
1: stoic about it they're quite shut they become quite shut down and they tolerate quite a lot of discomfort you know oh god um
0: another one actually so i have an eight-year-old dog who won't walk on the lead is it too late to teach an old dog new tricks i feel like your answer is
1: so no? <laughs> yeah. so in that, I'd want to know, was the dog okay walking in the lead before? before okay, we don't know that actually. Sorry. With, yes, well, yeah, yeah, in which case there might be arthritis, there might be some pain or discomfort, there might have changed an environment. But no, it's never too uh, to teach an old dog new tricks. I love older dogs teaching a dog 11, 12, whatever. Aww. Same with... You know, People. I'm getting on. I can still learn. I'm still learning on a daily basis. I've got, you know, doing loads of, still doing loads of dog courses and things like that. No, that's okay. It. Yeah. That's and not what true.
0: about, I have to say that I, when I was looking for a dog, I was like, oh, I really don't want them to be. In other people, up into people's grills, like jumping, and because I'd be so Canadian with that, but I'd be like, "Oh, so rude!" Sorry. So, a lot of people text me and saying about a dog reactivity to people and like jumping up, and it's not aggression, but how do you get them they're, to just kind of
1: they're so excited down, down a notch, yeah? And what your dog? You have to take it back as well to talk about. We always want to go why the dog is doing something, and quite often, the dog is doing is something to reach our little hands, um, to reach to, to get interaction, yeah. And one of the easiest things you can do as a pet owner or as a visitor, even if you're going to someone's house, is actually go down to the dog's level before they have the time to go up. So enter the room okay. with your hands down low and what the dog will start to learn is I don't have to jump. Yeah, uh, to, oh, You're going to come down to me and what they realise is actually a dog will be, someone will pet a dog for much longer if they have yes. four on the floor. We call it four on the floor. And outside of that, a lot of reward training for you know not jumping for sitting yeah. a lot of rewards for sitting and then if your dog does jump on you you abruptly turn your back and walk away okay but then quickly turn around again and give them an opportunity to get it right and what your dog will start to learn is oh if i put my feet on you you're going to walk away okay if i keep my feet down you'll pet me for ages <laughs> so I'm that's, do always, this. that's a, one of the ways that we it do is it just especially. a minefield
0: though like because it's like each and it's like people each dog is individual so their problems are individual and it's just there's, yeah. I really honestly have been blown away in the last month with the amount of information I've needed to know. Like, it's quite yeah. crazy. Final question for you, please, Susie Walsh, is our two dogs, we have a Yorkie and a pug, and they keep fighting with each other. So, I mean, there's a lot of multi-dog households listening as well.
1: Yeah, and that can be really hard, and it's really hard. It, that's one of the hardest ones I get, Um brought in to me when two dogs in the same household are arguing because yeah. it depends on why they're arguing. If they're arguing over a resource which is food or people or toys, okay. it's actually quite straightforward because generally there'll be one instigator and then one well, the other dog is actually just like defending sitting. themselves. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually easy because we know what the trigger is. Yes. When there are actually two dogs that don't get on well, I'm, unfortunately I often have a conversation, it's like a relationship, like a human relationship. Yes. If you're living with somebody that you're fighting with all the time that okay. maybe it's not the best scenario to be in. I hate when people say to me, oh I just want my dogs to tolerate each other. I'm like... I don't want to just tolerate my husband, I actually want to, I want to get along. I want to like him, I yeah. like enjoy living with him. And it's a lot of pressure to put on two animals because they don't all get on at all times. Yeah. And no dog on the planet, no human on the planet gets on with everyone at all times. So it's about times.
0: establishing the source really, isn't it? Estab- yeah. uh, okay. For
1: everything. Yeah. Establishing the source, why it's happening, what is the trigger, because you can once you have a trigger, you can work with the trigger. Unpredictability yeah. is where it becomes really difficult.
0: Oh my God, this is crazy information. <laughs> I, just, I, I need to lie down. <laughs> but it's brilliant. And we know a lot of dog owners listening to us because we often get little pictures of our, our, our dog listeners as well I love getting so,
1: pictures of dogs Please how can people pictures of dogs i yeah, do
0: and susie how can people get in touch with you then oh
1: uh, dogbehavior.ie is probably the easiest one you can Perfect. get me instagram you can get me will on you come one.
0: on again because we got through about two percent of the questions yeah yeah we should thank you susie thank you <laughs> thanks for having me